Blue Jackets hang on and beat the Devils. That's two in a row. That's almost a streak. Are the Blue Jackets back? We're going to talk about on today's very special live edition of Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Uh, not with me is my co-host, Hayden Halshorn, uh, because he, I believe, was at the game. So uh, we won't have him, but he will be back tomorrow to preview Sunday's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, Locked On Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms and over on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Sirius XM if you are a radio app person. Uh, so if you want to be an everydayer, you can find us on any of those places. Um, we're going to do some mailbag questions a little bit later on in the show. I've got a handful uh, of them already pre-game. If you have any, feel free to drop them in the chat below and I will get to them uh, when and if I can. Uh, but first off, I want to talk about how great that win was. Like That was maybe the most fun I've had watching the Blue Jackets all year. Um, and not just because they beat the Devils. I always enjoy beating the Devils after they spent all of last year laughing at us. Uh, I think that was a really cathartic win. Uh, I thought Johnny Gaudreau had a good game. He still hasn't quite, like, arrived. But he has looked much, much better, at least over the past maybe three or four games. It looks like we might be getting the Johnny Gaudreau back. Um, and I don't know whether that's just because he's finally like figured it out, snapped out of his slump, whether that is because um, they finally put him back with Jenner and Marchenko, which he was the, that, was, that was the line that he was the best with uh, last season. I don't know what it is, but Johnny Gaudreau is back. Um, just a really great game. Uh, they allowed a few more shots than I would like. Um, I believe the final the final total was something like 80 shot attempts on uh, on Elvis, which is more than I would like. Uh, but Elvis has to be the MVP of, of this team. Like, he just, especially, like, right now, after, after this game, he was the MVP in this game, I should say. Um, Bungena continues his uh, hold on the scoring lead for this team. He's got 11 on the season now. Are we going to see 30-goal Bungena? Maybe. But after after that win, after how satisfying that win was, um, I'm finding it difficult to kind of criticize just because it was a lot of fun. It was also really stressful. I'm going to point that out. It was a really, really stressful win, but there were just so many things in that win that I liked. Um, like I said, Elvis is kind of the big one, and I've got a couple of questions on Elvis, so we'll talk about him kind of in a little bit more detail later on, but he, I tweeted about this during the game, he looks like a different goalie from last year. He's had a few rough games this year. Um, I just want to pull up what his what his stats are. I don't know if they'll have been updated on the, on the site yet, um, but he has looked much, much better, which is great, because they didn't need Elvis to be great this season they needed him to be good they needed him to be better and he has been that um he was phenomenal tonight uh 40 saves on uh you know an extremely 
good Devils team. That, admittedly, missing a couple of the big scorers. Uh, no Nico Heischer, no Timo Meyer, but they had um they had Jack Jack Hughes. I forgot his name for a second there. Um they had him and uh he's always dangerous. So it's always, you know. It's always nice when they beat a guy like that. Or like don't don't concede to a guy like that. Um their only goal came from uh, Alexander Holtz uh, on a not great turnover from uh Jake Bean. He tried, it was a little messy, uh, but it was it is what it is, you know. Um I'm not mad about it. Turnovers happen. Elvis did what he could, wasn't good enough to stop the goal, but stopped the other 40 attempts. Um, I just looked at shots on goal. Uh, Jack Hughes had eight shots on goal in this game, um, just by himself. Jesper Bratt had six shots on goal. Jesper Bratt is a very, very good player. Um, they, the Blue Jackets should be proud of this win. Got a little dicey. I still don't like that they don't seem to know how to score empty net goals. I don't know why Gus Nyquist has been the only one over the past couple of years that knows how to score empty net goals. But good, a good game, a fun game. A win is always great, obviously. Um, and everyone kind of did their part. Um, I'm just pulling up who, uh, what the, the shot totals and everything were like. Uh, the Blue Jackets, okay, 28 to 39 shots on goal. They've taken two of Elvis's saves away from him, but that's still 38 shot, thirty-eight saves on 39 shots, which is still exceptional. Um, and frankly, the Blue Jackets getting 28 shots on goal, I'm fine with that. Uh, in terms of who was doing the shooting, Zach Wrenski seems to be back in a big way. Uh, four shots on goal following up his four-assist performance uh, against Chicago. Um, Provorov with three, and then Bean, Gabranson, Marchenko, Robinson, Jenna, Line, and Gaudreau all had two shots on goal. Um, there was only, I believe, two players that didn't get a shot on goal. That was Adam Boquist and Mathieu Olivier. So, again, the offense is being spread out. Um, it seems like everyone is kind of chipping in and, and getting involved, which, again, you love to see that. But I would have really liked an insurance call at the end there. I don't know how everyone else feels. But um, one-goal games stress me out. And it doesn't matter whether I'm there in person. Like, a one-goal game to me is way more stressful than a tie game. Um, and I don't know why that is. If you're even, like, if I'm leading... Or if my team is leading, stress. If my team is down by one, stress. Way more stress than is involved in a um, a tie game or a game that you're, like, down by two in. Why? I don't know. There must be some kind of, like, psychology behind it. Maybe I'm just traumatized from all of the one-goal games that the Blue Jackets have lost so far this season. But who can say? Um, I'm really happy with, with team performance. Um, it feels like the Blue Jackets are starting to click um that fantilly Voronkov line a line i enjoy that just so much i think that's so much fun um that should be our de facto top line right now um in terms of ice time i think it probably was um let me just pull up ice time numbers um and then i will take a quick break and then what we'll do is we will talk a little bit about the penalty kill because that was 
just like I said, I had a lot of fun uh, with this game. Penalty kill continues to be strong. Um, Adam Fantilli only had 13-34 at 5 on 5. Uh, Marchenko, nope, not Marchenko. Um, Vronkov, 11-58. Patrick Lanner only had 8-57, but he did miss a not an insignificant chunk of the um, second period, I believe, getting some stitches. So makes sense. Would have liked to a, a little higher, but uh, very, very happy. All things considered with how the game went, even happier that they, they brought home a win. We're going to talk about uh, some other things that I liked about this game in a second, starting with the penalty kill. Uh, that's coming up next on Locked on Blue Jackets. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, your team every day. We're talking about the big win over the New Jersey Devils. Um, I don't believe that put the Blue Jackets into seventh position in the standings. I think they are still a little bit behind. New Jersey had a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, they are one point behind the Devils at the minute, but the Devils have three games in hand. So um, still big win over seventh place. Uh, extremely satisfying win for me. Probably pretty satisfying for all of you as well. Um, Blue Jackets haven't won twice in a row, I, I think, since like games three and four of the season or games four and five of the season. So it's been a minute. Um, you love to see it. You really do. I want to talk about the penalty kill because the New Jersey Devils going into this game had the uh, best power play in the league, which they still do. Uh, it was clicking at, I think, something insane, like 37%. Um, I'm just pulling up the power play stats at the minute. Even after that game, uh, when they didn't score on, I think they had two or three power plays in that game, 37.7% is a fully insane number to have on the power play. And like, yes, that's unsustainable. Yes, blah, blah, blah. It's probably going to regress. Insane. Fully insane. Um, the next place team is Tampa Bay with 31.3. They're like over six percentage points above the person, the, the team behind them. And the Blue Jackets matched them. Got a little bit hairy, got a little bit dicey. Um, they are at 88.1% on their penalty kill, uh, third in the league. The only teams better than them are the Bruins and the Kings. Uh, the Bruins are 0.9% above them, and the Kings are... I believe, uh, 0.2% above them. So the it's basically nothing. Um, after that game, I don't believe that the games have been updated here in the stats. The Blue Jackets might overtake at least the Bruins in this. Um, and that's really fun. Would I like both? Would, would I like the power play to work? Yes. But at this point in time, like... I will take having one because they were both god awful last season and like the penalty kill, a lot of fun, really, really good. Like I said, got a little bit hairy. Elvis had to make a lot of big saves. Uh he ended up making um nine saves on the penalty kill, uh two in the second period. They had seven shots in that power play in the third period. Like that's too many. That's a little bit scary, uh, but all things considered, I will take that win and I will run away with it. Uh, power play, like I said, it continues to struggle. Uh, in that four-minute minor, uh, four-minute double minor in the first period, they had one shot on goal total. 
three shots on goal in the second, technically third power play of the game at the uh, in the third period at the end there. Um, so four shots over three power plays is not the worst. I would like that to be much better, obviously. But I will say the power play looked good tonight. Obviously, it didn't score, but there was like actual movement and actual like extended zone time. And I have seen a lot of penalties this season, or a lot of power plays, excuse me, this season that are like they can't even get into the zone. You know, uh, there was a there was a which game was it? I think it might have been the Flyers game where they were outshot on their own power play and outscored on their own power play. They had five power plays and didn't score, didn't get a shot on goal. The Philadelphia Flyers, I think it was the Flyers anyway, had a shorthanded goal in that game. So, like, I will take any tiny little bit of progress. The goals will come. Obviously, they got one last game. They went, what, one for three, I think it was, against Chicago. Um, Only had two attempts, uh, or three attempts tonight, excuse me. Um, Went scoreless in them, but... Things feel like they're moving in the right direction. Maybe that's me like reading too much into it. Maybe that's me just being too hopeful because this team has let me down before and will let me down again. But it feels like things are kind of shifting. And whether that's, you know, a confidence thing, you get a couple of wins under you and you're like, oh, okay, we do know how to play hockey. Whether it's putting the right guys together, things are starting to click. Whether it's Pascal Vincent's systems are starting to kind of lock in. Because like, the thing is, I didn't expect any kind of like, tangible improvement for at least 20 games this season just because that feels like it's about how long teams with new personnel a new coach um you know new new um new systems etc take to kind of really get acclimated so like blue jackets 21 games in they're starting to see results still not where we want them to be in the standings obviously but like it's a process. I wanted them to make the playoffs this season, but I'm not like I'm not going to be upset if they don't make it. It's not going to be a disappointment if they don't make it because like I don't expect them to. I would like them to, but I didn't expect them to. Um, I'd like them to contend. I thought they should contend. They still might. Um, it's still very early. Obviously, you know I think a lot about the um, I believe the St. Louis Blues, who were on on January first, were in last place in the league and then won the Stanley Cup. So, like, do I think the Blue Jackets are going to do that? No, but just because 70% of the playoff spots are filled by Thanksgiving or set by Thanksgiving, that doesn't mean the Blue Jackets are automatically going to miss. They can they can climb out of this, you know. Um, they are, let me take a look at the actual standings, if I can, uh, the wild card. They are, um, with Tampa Bay's win, they are seven points out at the minute. That's that's not a huge gap. Tampa Bay obviously getting um, Andre Vasilevsky back will will help them a lot. But looking at um, who's below them, like the Flyers feel like they're on an unsustainable heater. The Islanders are doing something. Penguins have cooled off a little bit. They're only two points uh, behind the Penguins, three behind the Islanders, five behind the Flyers. And like I said, seven behind the wild card spots. So like, it's still like, it's not like the season is over. I feel like at this point last season, the season was over and we all understood that. And it was miserable. Everyone was injured and no one was coming back because they were all season ending injuries. But like, this might come back to bite me, but I feel good about how this game went. 
uh, and I feel good about how the games are going to go going forward. Obviously, big test for them against Carolina. Uh, not tomorrow, but Sunday. Um, Hayden will be breaking that game down in a preview for you tomorrow morning. Um, but my overall, my overall feelings about this game are, yes, good. I enjoyed that. Hope all of you guys enjoyed it as well. Um, we're going to take another quick break, and then uh, I'm going to do some mailbag questions. I'm going to try and alternate between some in the chat, some I got pre-podcast uh, recording, some I've kind of had sitting in my, my inbox for a while. Sorry about that if you are one of the listeners that's been waiting for me to answer your question. Uh, so we'll do all of that in just a second here on Locked on Blue Jackets. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. And your team is a victory team today, which is really, really fun. Um, I just want to start out with uh, addressing someone in the chat who I don't know that I can say your name because this is a family-friendly show. Uh, but yes, that is the D-Side Dragons jersey. I work for the D-Side Dragons at my day job. I do live in the northwest of England. I have not moved to Ohio. I am still here. Uh, I, I watch the team from a distance, as do you. Um, so shout out to the D-Side Dragons. Uh, that's that's my guys. That's my guys here. Um, I also want to follow up. I don't understand why with a one-goal lead, the Jackets think when that happens, they can sit back defensively and soak up shots in those situations. More often than not, you're asking for it. it. That is the single most annoying thing about this team, I think. There are a lot of annoying things about this team, but that is like just the the most annoying thing of okay we have a one goal lead they do it with more than a one goal lead as well where they're like oh we have a lead what we'll do is we'll just pretend like we're killing a penalty and we'll just ice the puck over and over and over in uh in the third period and it makes me feel insane and it makes me feel like they're going to just get burned on it and they do several times so that's that's kind of how i feel about that i know that was more of a comment than a question but i saw that and wanted to address it um i saw someone else ask if um david yurichek was benched in the third period i don't remember seeing him play a ton uh he was not benched no he didn't play uh after about the halfway mark of the third period i don't know why i thought he was playing fine but I think I like David Yerichek a little bit more than Pascal Vincent likes David Yerichek. So we'll see. Um, in terms of other questions, I'm going to uh, go over to Twitter. Uh, Morgan Bennett at MorganLee917. What specifically has changed in Elvis's play to be better? Is it his lateral movement, his vertical movement, the defensive system? Um, this is going to be a kind of, I think this might be a really boring answer, but like a lot of things, it's all, it's it's not like, oh, he's fixed this one area of his game. Um, I, I do think a big part of it is confidence. Like I've always said, goaltending is like 95% mental. If you feel good, you play good. If you feel bad, you play bad. If you let in a soft goal, usually what happens is you let in another one because it's so tough to not like get down on yourself about it that you lose your confidence and you're like wow i'm a horrible goalie i can't make saves obviously i play beer league elvis plays in the nhl but i think so much of it is confidence for elvis right now because it feels like he's he's playing well and we've had games this season where i think the first new york game was a really good example of this of the the game where um the blue jackets had two goals against 
washed out because they were both offside. You know, it would have been really easy for Elvis to crumble after that and be like, well, I've allowed three goals in the first period. I'm terrible, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't. He held it together. He picked it up and was exceptional in that win. Obviously left early because um, he was throwing up, uh, which not not ideal. But hey, the Blue Jackets got the W. He spent a couple of days in bed and was no worse to wear. And it looks like he's picking up confidence like massively, uh, whether that's faith in the defensive system in front of him whether that's the new goaltending coach which i would love to pick nicholas baxter's brain about how you get a slumping goalie to play better because he feel it feels like he's worked wonders with elvis this season and that's again it's really great to see and i've said it all summer and i'm saying it all season long the blue jackets don't need elvis to be a top three goalie in this league they don't even really need to be a top 10 goalie in this league if they can get league average out of Elvis, like, everything else will look after itself. And I fully believe that, but it sure wouldn't help if Elvis wanted to turn in more games like that, because that was maybe the best game I've seen from Elvis, maybe since his rookie season, frankly. Um, so shout out to Elvis, again, MVP for that. And uh, I'm just really, I'm, it feels weird to be proud of him, but... I'm proud of Elvis for not giving up on himself the way many fans seem to have given up on him this summer. Um, next question is from my wonderful friend and co-worker, uh, Dina Weinheimer. Uh, Dina is the founder of AHL News Now, so if you want Cleveland Monsters news, you know where to go. It's there. Uh, what is your dream line for the Blue Jackets? Can include any two-way players not up with CBDA right now. This feels like a leading question, Dina, because I feel like what you're asking is, do you want a Kent Johnson, Adam Fantilli, Patrick Line line? And the answer is yes. I have really enjoyed the Voronkov Line Fantilli line. I enjoyed the Voronkov Fantilli Marchenko line. I think both of those lines were excellent. I don't think it's a coincidence that both of those lines have been centered by Adam Fantilli, who for large parts of this season has been far and away the Blue Jackets' best player. I just, I want to see what Johnson Fantilli line looks like with Fantilli in the middle and playing more than eight minutes a night. That's what I want. And I know Monsters fans probably don't want to give up Kent Johnson because he is killing it in Cleveland right now, but I miss him. I would like him back. Uh, I think he's probably going to pop off when he gets back. The KJ Revenge Tour is going to be real, and I'm real excited to see what happens, but I would love to see that. Um, this is not me saying that like Dmitry Voronkov should be moved down the lineup because he doesn't deserve to be in the top six. That's not true. But if he's doing, if he's playing this well and he is playing well, he's doing that against top six opposition. I reckon you put him on that third line with um, Sillinger and Chinikov and just watch that line put teams through the blender because they've got skill, they've got meanness, they've got speed. And I think that would be, again, I think that would be, a real fun time. Uh, I've got time for a couple more questions. Let's pull uh, one up here. Um, one from my very good friend, Anna Shea. Uh, now that they're on a win streak, technically, which two is a streak, uh, what has stood out in the past couple of games as clicking, etc., that you'd like to see more of? Um, I've kind of talked about it a little bit. Fantelli and Line being back together is fantastic. I think putting um, putting Gaudreau, Marchenko, Jenna back together has been fantastic. Um, 
Goodrow and Jenner seems to have the chemistry that they were hoping um, Line and, and Goodrow would develop, and they just haven't. I don't know why, and I don't know what happened, but they just, they don't gel, they don't click. And like that happens sometimes, sometimes you have two great players that just don't, that just can't figure it out. Um, and it doesn't make any sense, but Jenner and Goudreau seem to have really clicked, uh, and I'm I'm not mad about it. I'm really not mad about it. Um, I think other things that are clicking, again, I really like that fourth line um, with Corrali and Danforth and Texier when he's in. Um, I haven't minded Eric Robinson in the last couple of games, actually. Um, I think him getting sent down to the AHL was a real wake-up call for him, whether it's, oh, I realized I don't want to be in the AHL and like taking the bus to every game. I miss the private jet and the good food and, you know, the, the increased per DM that you get in, in the NHL. But he's playing like a guy that wants to stay, which shout out to him. I thought he was great in, in tonight's game, obviously the game winning goal, but going from what the fourth line was last season, which the Robinson, Corrali, Olivier line was one of the worst lines in hockey. It was just absolutely brutal and it was overplayed to absolute death by Brad Larson. Pascal Vincent has flaws, yes, but he seems to understand the value of a good checking fourth line. Um, He doesn't trot them out every other shift. He trots them out. He lets them defend a lead. He lets them... um, play in important moments of the game, but it's not, oh, I'm going to throw out the grinding line when we need a goal. I'm going to throw out the grinding line when we don't need a goal. I'm going to throw out the grinding line wherever I feel like it. Um, And that's really nice. And it's kind of a similar thing to um, the Gabranson issue of last year, which was he's playing too damn much, which not his fault. Everyone was broken. Um, But that might be one of the, the surprises of the season for me, actually. I don't know if other people feel that way, but and I've said this on the podcast before, but the Bean-Gabranson pairing has been maybe the biggest surprise um, because I was ready to write Jake Bean off as not being on this team. I was ready to write him off as like the perennial healthy scratch or traded or whatever. And he's kind of worked his way back in. Um, he and Gabranson have been excellent in a third pairing role. Um, and I also want to uh, point out and just one more question from Morgan Bennett, um, which is, uh, Wilker Branson beat his career best 17 points this year. Um, so he, yeah, the most points he's ever had in a year is 17. Um, I don't know how many goals he scored in that game, uh, in that season, excuse me. Uh, let me try and pull that up real quick and find out. But he's currently on um, nine points this season, uh, two goals, seven assists. Uh, he had six goals and 11 points with the Flames in 2021-22. I think he beats that. I think Eric Branson and maybe this is, I've been body snatched and this is a sign that I've been kidnapped or whatever. Um, Eric Branson has been very, very good for the Blue Jackets this season, which is not something I was expecting. Part of that is he's playing almost uh, two minutes less uh, a night on average, which has been really great for him. And he's shooting at a much higher percentage than he normally does. He's shooting at 9% at the minute. But hey, they don't ask how. They ask how many, you know? Um, I think that's kind of all I've got for today. uh, Unless there are any more questions in the chat. Uh, But 
Thank you guys for coming to hang out. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day, even though it's 6 p.m. It's fine. Maybe it is your first listen of the day. We don't know. I appreciate you whether it is or whether it isn't. If you want to be an everydayer, uh, you can find Locked on Blue Jackets wherever you get your podcasts, on any podcasting app. Uh, we're over on Audible. We're on Amazon Prime, uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Podbean, etc., etc., etc. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Sirius XM, the radio app, which if you are a radio person, that is the one to use. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. Uh, thank you to my co-host, who's not here right now. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, you can find him at Hayden H971 on Twitter. You can find the show at LO underscore Blue Jacket. If you have um, questions for future mailbag episodes, I think we're going to try and do them a little bit more regularly. Nowadays, uh, you can email them, or if you have any kind of comments, questions, complaints, anything, uh, email lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Once again, Hayden will be taking tomorrow's episode where he's going to preview the game against the Carolina Hurricanes on Sunday. And then both of us will be back on Monday to break down that game and hopefully breaking down our third win in a row, uh, which the Blue Jackets haven't won three in a row in like two seasons. So that might be cause for celebration, I think. Uh, thank you once again, everyone, for listening. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.